Hi, I am Aaron. And I'm Micah, and you are listening to the WP Square One podcast. With us today is Brian Castle. You may have heard of the Dos Equis guy, the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> Brian Castle is the most interesting man on the web. <laughs> Done all kinds of stuff. Um, this is my favorite podcast intro by far of all time <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so Brian has done all kinds of things. He, well, I, I probably shouldn't even try to explain because you've done so much. I think we should let that unfold as we go. So how about you give us the 30 second overview uh, from your point of view of what you're doing now kind of thing. And we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at my my website, I'm sure you'll link it up. That's where I kind of have just like a running list of all the different <laughs> different businesses and and you know, small and large that I've that I've uh, worked on over the years. Um, it might look like a lot, but it's kind of spread out over over the course of about t- uh, ten years now. I've been self employed and kind of you know doing a bunch of different things. But basically, I'm a I'm a designer uh, and product person by trade. Um, I started out as a as a web designer, doing a lot of work with WordPress. Um, but you know, these days uh, I'm I'm running a few different businesses. And actually, you're catching me at a, a kind of an interesting time right now. We're at the end of 2018, and I'm kind of in one of those transition phases actually right now. Um, uh, starting up a, a, a brand new company. So the thing that I'm mostly focused on today is a new thing called Process Kit, which is a software. It will be a software product um, for um, for managing any sort of repeatable projects in your business, especially if you're doing client services, like if you're a web agency um, or anyone else doing repeatable projects. This is how you can document those processes and uh, automate it with your team and give your give your team the instructions and and the uh, and like the next step that they always need uh, to try to make your client services or anything repeatable more predictable. That's kind of the goal with this thing, and so I'm hoping to get that built and rolled out in early 2019. But I've got other stuff uh, running as as well. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's, uh, I believe you've got uh, significantly more products on your. Uh website than I do. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, so process kit, what, yeah, that's one of the hardest things in business, right. Is to get your processes in order and to onboard new team members, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the, a lot of the people who know me, um, what they tell me all the time is that like, I'm like the process person, you know, I've, I've built very, very process oriented businesses. So my main, so currently, you know, what kind of pays the bills right now while I'm working on process kit is my business called audience ops, um, which is, uh, like a productized service, um, where my team handles blog content writing and blog content production for uh, a variety of clients. And actually now we do podcast production as well. Um, but you know, that's all, that's basically running without me. I it's, it's completely freed me up now so they the team basically does everything in that business and i have all this time to work on a new product but the the reason why that's the case is is because we have processes you know the it's it's a remote team everybody follows a very predictable schedule a very predictable workflow um we've got contingencies all documented out on, on on like edge cases and things like that and so every question that comes from clients we know how to handle it 
um, different roles, you know, follow different tasks and things like that. So, um, so that's kind of running, you know, pretty predictably thanks to all the processes and, and automation that we've put in. And, and I'm trying to build process kit to, to make running a business like that easier, basically. And you mentioned uh, productized service. So uh, for those who may not know, can you explain a little bit about product versus service and where that kind of fits in the spectrum? Yeah. So productized services have been something that I've been very into the last few years. I I have a course and, a, and like a community of, of people who are building or converting to a productized service. And um, I I find, or what I found in my career was that it, it's really the a really good next stepping stone after you've been kind of freelancing or consulting for a while, um, where you can make that transition away from you know billing by the hour, or even if you're billing per project. You know, a lot of freelancers like myself a few years back, just doing any project for any client in a variety of different ways, using all sorts of different tools, different problems solving for every client you've got to write these custom proposals you know you're negotiating over price and scope and and you're kind of chained to your to your desk doing doing work for for all sorts of clients and it's really hard to free yourself out of that routine when you don't have a very focused value proposition you're not solving a single problem for a single type of client and then you know with a productized service once you do that once you once you build a very focused solution then you can build processes around it. You can put teams in, you can hire people to replace yourself from that process. It, it makes it much easier to hire and grow a team when you have a very predictable um, way of doing things and, and thing that you do for clients. Um, so I, I try to help um, uh, consultants and agencies kind of move to that sort of model because what I found, I've done this twice now. I, first I did Restaurant Engine, which was a website builder built on WordPress which kind of became a productized service. And then I, I, I sold that business in 2015 and then I did audience ops, um, which is running through today. And, 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 um, and both of them, you know, I've been able to kind of uh, remove myself from all of the day-to-day activity by focusing on this productized service model, which then, you know, you can leverage into um, building other products. You can, it kind of buys your own time back. Um, so that's, kind of uh why i've been so into that over the last few years so what was kind of the the key moment for you when when i mean i'm sure you probably didn't start out having high leverage on your time by having all these processes in place so like what was the the key moment for you when you realized you know it clicked and and process was kind of the, the way to go with this uh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it, I don't, I don't know if that it was like one moment. It was probably just a, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of moments kind of stacking up one after another. I was, I was freelancing for a couple of years as a, as a web designer doing a lot of work with WordPress and, um, it kind of got to a point where I, I became pretty, this happens to most freelancers, right? You get, you get good at freelancing. You, you get good at, going through the routines and working with clients. And then you start raising your rates and you're getting bigger and bigger projects. Um, but at, then at a certain point, after you've been at it for a couple of years, um, or maybe even sooner than that, you know, you hit a point where it's like, well, is this it? Like, am I just going to keep churning out 
proposals and then doing another project. And that started to get to me after a while. It's like, even, even though I might be raising my rates and getting bigger projects, um, I, it, it wasn't like my enjoyment of doing that sort of work was getting better and better. It was kind of getting worse. It, it even got to a point, if, if you ask about a, a single moment, this probably happened a couple of times, but I just remember, you know, closing a, a pretty big project, pretty big contract. The client signs on, on the contract, I get a big check and I had this feeling in my stomach, like, oh, like I was not happy. <laughs> I was, you know, um, this was not a, this, this should be a time that you're celebrating a big new client, big contract. But I, I felt like the opposite. Cause I was like, oh, now, now my next four months are shot, you know, and, and I'm going to be stressed out with this. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's when I kind of, kind of realized like, okay, it's time for me to actively change what I do for a living, you know, cause a lot of us, you know, quit our jobs and went freelance and, and yeah, you're, you're technically free to manage your own time, but then you have all these clients. So, um, so, you, you know, maybe you don't have as much freedom as, as you thought you did. Um, I kind of ran into that. And, and so that's when I, and what I try to really, um, consult with people about is like, even though you might be very busy on your projects and, and, um, you know, you've got client deadlines and whatnot, it's really important to set aside time and even prioritize time to step back and work on your own business and work on changing the way that you make money, um, changing the, the type of work that you do, um, and just being really intentional about that. And, and, you know, those sorts of changes won't happen overnight, but if you take the time to kind of examine your own business and then, and then see, okay, what, what can I change? What steps can I take to, uh, to change things? Um, I think you'll be better for it. And then, you know, once, once I started having that sort of mindset, I, I really focused on, I'm, I'm now I'm constantly only working on my business and, and making the changes necessary. It's not like every day is, is a breeze, but it's, it's just much more, it's more challenging, but it's more enjoyable as, as the years go on, I think. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, uh, people use busyness as an excuse not to, not to improve and not to grow. I hear it all the time with, uh, developers, you know, they're, uh, you know, oh, I'm, I'm too busy to learn anything new or, you know, I'm too busy to, to have time to spend on my business. Um, so uh, obviously you got to start small and start somewhere. So it sounds kind of like that's, that's, you're talking about all these moments stacking on top of each other. Uh, it sounds like, you know, one small change starts kind of this chain reaction that over time gets you to where you are now. <laughs> yeah. Early on, it, the big aha moment is to start to is, is to start to think in terms of problems that you're solving not like technologies that you're using or techniques that you're using you know like early on in my career i was really excited about oh and you know this probably dates me a little bit but like the the big thing when i was freelancing was everyone wants to go to a responsive a mobile responsive website back back then in 2011 like not everyone had one you know, it, that's just a technology. That's just a, a, a technique in, in designing websites, but that's not really, you're not really targeting a, a business problem. And, um, and so once you start to think about, all right, well, who, who is the ideal customer that you, you, you might be working with a lot of different customers, a lot of different clients, but, you know, start to think through like, which ones have been the best people to work with? Who do you have the most inroads with so that you can find more of that type of person and then figure out what does that person really care about and 
what is the problem that you're best positioned to solve for them. And once you start to have that sort of mindset, you can start to focus in, even though you're capable of doing a lot of different things, you know, web developers can build anything they want. We know how to figure out whatever we want to build. Um, but it's actually harder to, to trim down on that and just focus on, you know, the, the customer and, and what, what they really need. So tell us a little bit more about some of the other things I guess you've been doing. I know you've got your, your productize and scale, uh, which, uh, I guess that's more of a educational platform, I guess. Yeah. I've been kind of, um, uh, reorganizing my personal blog a little bit for a while. My, that was my personal blog. It was productizeandscale.com and, now I kind of went back to having briancastle.com as my main blog. I still have the productize and scale blog there with the articles that are um, focused on productized services. Um, and then I, I, had, I do have a free video crash course on, on uh, productized services. That's kind of a good introduction to the, these things that we're talking about here. Um, so I spent you know, some time in, in that community of, of, of folks who are doing that. What else? And then, I mean, Audience Ops, like I said, is kind of running. Uh, that That's a team of about 25 people working remotely today. And uh, it's been going, you know, pretty smooth over the last couple of years. Can I ask you a question about the, uh, the remoteness? Um, yeah. Since I haven't said anything in like 13 minutes in, I figured I should. Uh, <laughs> um, no, uh, remoteness. So, so my agency, we're all remote. So um, how do you guys work? Are you guys all in the same time zone? Are you guys like global? Tell me about it. Not really the same time zone, but similar. So, so of the twenty-five people, something like twenty of them are are all in the U.S. Um, I'm in I'm in Connecticut, so I'm on the East Coast. Uh, but the rest of the team is kind of spread out in all all the all of the U.S. time zones. And then we've got a few. So all of our 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 team is made up of writers, copy editors, and uh, client managers. Those people are all U.S. based. Different different states. Um, and then we've got a couple of, uh, assistants, like virtual assistants who handle some of the, some of the setup work with, with blog posts and whatnot. They're in the Philippines. Um, and, um, who else? Occasionally I'll work with a developer in, in Europe. Um, but right now, uh, not doing a ton of new development except for the, the SAS, but that's, I've actually been working on that myself, um, for most of this year. Okay, that's interesting. I'm I'm always interested how other agencies or companies work when it comes to remote because we're 100% remote. I, we try to get together uh, on a regular basis, but I mean, it's you have some some I guess some strengths and weaknesses when it comes to that. Um, you know, one of the things that we try to do is we all jump on a phone call every morning, um, which is, which is helpful, which is, but we're all Eastern, um, you know, we're all within the Atlanta area. Mm -hmm. So just wondering on, on that. Yeah, actually on that stuff, you know, I, I, first of all, I've always wanted to have these like big meetups with the team. And unfortunately I, I haven't really had a good chance to do it with audience ops. I have met some people on the team. <laughs> Funny enough, my, my wife has, um, has family in the Philippines and we've traveled there. And so I met all the, the, the people who work in the Philippines. I met all of them and most of the U S people I haven't actually met in person. <laughs> yeah. It's just like logistically with this size of a team and people coming from so many far off places, it's just hard to get everybody together. Um, so we haven't really done that for audience ops. I, I would like to do that someday though. Um, the other um, thing about meetings 
very early on. So audience ops today is about three and a half years in. In the first year, I tried to have more all team meetings like on, on zoom or Skype or whatever. And, and, um, those kind of, uh, we, we do still have a manager's meeting The like the four or five managers on the team do get together once every two weeks. It's, it's really not that much. And even that call is like 10 minutes long. It's, it's really short. Like most of our interaction happens on Slack and, and Trello and, and, and email and stuff. Um, but, um, you know what I found with with those like regular daily stand up meetings and whatnot in in this type of business, everything is so repeatable and so predictable. I mean, we're literally just turning out the same type of blog content. Like the content is unique to each client, but the process and the deliverables is all the same, um, and all the clients sign up for more or less the same packages. So. So it's really just kind of like production work. So it's not like we really have to meet. It's not like we're building a new product and every week we're shipping new features. It's if we were doing that sort of thing, then then yeah, we would totally be meeting like daily and talking about progress. But you know, to, like really just checking in on status of the production line. It it's not super productive to have meetings. I I found so. Um, but you know we do have systems in place where we're communicating daily in Slack, and and we do have some some check ins and like reports internally, and we have like a history of how things are going. So, yeah, that sounds like you guys are very um, very streamlined, which I would I would love for our our agency. I think um, we didn't take our agency seriously, my my business partner and I, until two thousand and fifteen. So we kind of like for five years um, almost acted like freelancers for for five years or so. And then, then we've realized, you know, we need to make our processes better, a little more um, streamlined so so we can bring people on. Um, you know, the yeah. first person we hired, it was a lot to try to explain how the company works. Um, and now we have a lot of documents, you know, a lot of onboarding uh, processes that honestly, I don't know anything about. Someone on our team knows about the processes. So yeah. Yeah, that's a big one is onboarding new team members. We also have a very um, streamlined, but it's there's a lot of steps in our new client onboarding process. Um, uh, we've got a lot, lot more processes than that. But um, yeah, it's been um, it's been really important for us for sure to have everything kind of documented. I might be hitting you up. I guess what 2019 when you have your uh, your product out there for everybody to purchase because I'm. We probably have learned a lot, but there's probably a ton that we could learn from from you because it looks like you've got clicking through. Micah gave me a link to your sites. I mean, you've uh, created a lot of companies and sold a lot of companies. Yeah. Um, well, with Process Kit, the, the new thing that I'm working on, uh, that's at processkit.com. And right now it's, it's just kind of like a landing page describing what it's going to be. Um, but it's been it's been kind of fun for these last few months because when you enter your email, then it goes to a, a quick survey to, to kind of ask about, you know, processes in your business. But then I invite you into a private Facebook group and, or, or a private Slack. You could choose either one. Um, and in there, uh, all, all these other agency owners and, and people who are running all sorts of businesses, they're kind of talking and giving feedback about processes. And I've been showing like designs and some video screenshots of, video walkthroughs of, of the upcoming product and getting feedback on, on like how it'll work. 
Um, so that's been a really fun process. I'm going to sign up. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I might be one of your, uh, I guess, a good fit for, for what you're doing. So yeah, awesome. Interesting stuff. Um, well, how long have you been? Um, I think, well, you said, you, it was funny. You said uh, 2011 might date you. Um, and I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, man, that makes me really old because like in, in my perspective, like the whole um, responsiveness, uh, that whole thing in 2011 uh, is still kind of new, uh, not, not new in the aspect of, I mean, I've been doing this stuff since like the mid nineties. So it's like, yeah. um, that's still in my age, I guess, uh, still. Yeah, no, but well, I was, I mean, I worked for a web agency in New York. Um, uh, that was like 2005 and then, um, and you know, we're talking about like IE six and like table-based layouts and all, all that fun stuff. Love the um, tables. <laughs> and then uh and then i i went out on my own freelancing um that was the beginning of 2008 i believe okay yeah is that when you started using wordpress yeah i think i started using wordpress right after i went freelance i don't think i was really using it much in the agency yet but yeah i started playing around with it probably in 08 or 09 and then actually my first attempt at a product well, it, I mean, it, it worked for a while. Um, was a WordPress themes shop called uh, Theme Jam, and um, I launched that I think in oh nine, oh nine or ten, and uh, it was it was lucky enough to be one of the one of the batch of theme shops that that was listed on WordPress.org. So that that brought in some traffic and and like first sales, and so that was like my first taste of a of selling digital products that weren't um, you know client work, and uh, and then I held on to that little site for you know, it had like three or four themes that I was selling through through my own site and held on to that from like 2009 up until 2015 and I I sold that for a very low amount to to somebody in a in an entrepreneur community that I'm in and unfortunately like he took it and then kind of shut it down <laughs> like he like he just didn't have time to focus on it I was kind of bummed about that but it was a like it was a little side income for for all those years um and I, I just couldn't, I didn't have time to focus on it. So I wanted to give it to someone else. Gotcha. Yeah. I, that's a oh nine, I guess would be a great time. Kind of like if I could go back, you know, this is WP square one. Um, if I could go back to square one, you know, I probably would have done some, uh, some themes, you know, oh eight, oh nine. Um, Cause that's just a prime time to be in that, that market. Now there's, there's a lot of people out there uh, selling stuff. So, yeah. I, I mean, I remember that time. I was I was slightly late. I remember um, I remember discovering Woo Themes and Studio Press and and Jason Schuler with Press seventy five um, and iThemes, like the you know that group. I remember kind of discovering them at that time and just being completely amazed at what these companies were doing. Like that, I I had never even thought about the concept of selling any sort of digital products. Like I was a freelance web designer. I thought that's all there was. And then I, and then I kind of stumbled upon like what Woo themes was doing. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm using WordPress. I could build WordPress themes. I, I never thought that I could sell products like that. And what made you think that what, like, what was the switch where, where you're like, I can do this. Yeah. I mean, I think I just looking back on it, maybe I was like kind of naive. Like I was just so excited about the idea of selling products and seeing somebody else or other people 
making products out of things that I was already making on a regular basis, like websites built with WordPress. I was I already knew exactly how to design and build what they were selling as digital products. <laughs> and so it wasn't like something that was so elusive, like, you know, that I that felt out of my reach. It was like I I literally know exactly how to build that. I just need to put in the time to do it. And and I did it. Um I mean marketing it was a <laughs> was another story, but um you know, which I really knew nothing about. And I spent the next few years kind of learning a lot about marketing and, and things, but, um, but yeah, it was just kind of exciting to, to, I, and, you know, I think that that also started my interest in working on things, even, even if I might not get paid for them, you know, a lot of people are afraid to do that. Like, you know, if, if you're a freelancer, you're working with clients, obviously you want to make sure you're getting paid and everything and you want to, you, you value your time very heavily. But I think back then I was just so excited about all the, all these possibilities that, that I didn't mind. And I was younger. I was in my twenties, you know, not married, didn't own a house, didn't have kids back then. So I was totally fine with pulling all nighters and through the weekends, just hacking on little product ideas on the web. It was fun, you know, and, and even it was just a, I saw it as a learning experience. I still do, you know, just try and try new stuff out. Even if you might, it might not work, at least you're going to learn and, and get better. So, so with your, um, with your products and things that you've come up with, um, what is kind of your approach to, you know, when you have an idea kind of validating that and making sure that, you know, it's, uh, you know, how, how do you know how long to spend on it before it's, you know, not worth your time or that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, I think now that, that I'm a little bit older and been at this a little bit longer, um, I take a much more methodic and, and strategic approach. So I, 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 you know, I run into new ideas all the time and I've got a list of shiny object ideas in my notebook. <laughs> um, and, um, and I, I usually just start by writing it down and and get it out of my head and and sometimes um you know it might not be the right time for me to pursue a new idea i might be just in the middle of, of another business or something and it, and it would just be too much of a distraction but if i'm really excited about the idea um i'll just go ahead and spend a little time spend an hour and write write out a long notes document um just you know wh what i think this product should be about how it might work, what I might price it at, who would be the customer, um, what would be involved and just get those ideas like out of my head and onto a piece of paper that that's a good first step. And then, and then, you know, the next day, next three days, if it just keeps bugging me, like <laughs> I keep thinking about that idea and it seems like an opportunity, then I'll kind of explore it further. Otherwise it's just an idea that sits in my notebook and maybe I'll never touch it again. Um, I mean, the next step, like if I'm serious or if I'm looking for something new to work on, um, my next step is to run it in front of potential customers. And um, I, I have an audience now of of people. I've been building, I've been blogging and building my email list for for several years. So I so it's that's my that's my go to place. Is I'll I'll go to people on my email list and I'll show them or I'll present some new idea to them. Like like Process Kit, what you see right now, that landing page. I mean, that was the first thing that I showed people. I I wrote out, I drafted a few different drafts, and then I wrote out this 
kind of manifesto about the problem that I want to set out to solve with process kit. And I put that out there to, to my audience. Um, and the thing is, I, I, I've also started to learn who my audience is and I, I tend to gravitate towards ideas that I think really solve problems for them. I am much more likely to do products that would fit my audience well, rather than just finding a random opportunity out there somewhere. Um, you know, for example, like I, I did spend like three or four years working on restaurant engine, which was a kind of a SaaS productized service built on WordPress, a website builder built on WordPress for the restaurant industry. Um, and I learned a ton. I, I built that to a significant as like a significant, you know, first kind of product business. And then I sold it. But one of the reasons I sold it was because it was so disconnected from my people and from my audience. Um, I wanted to get more into products that are, that serve people who I was already connected to. And I had an easier time making inroads with and, and learning from. So that's, that's kind of where I, where I try to focus. Gotcha. Um, so you mentioned earlier that you actually use virtual assistants for the, within your businesses and that kind of thing. Do you use virtual assistants at all to help you with, um, other things that are more personal, like processing ideas or I don't know, uh, research or anything? Um, actually, no. I mean, I know that a lot of people do that. I, I've kind of tried that in the past, but now, um, our VAs are, 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 they're, they're really just, um, doing roles within audience ops, like very specific roles in our processes. So in audience ops, they handle taking the written articles from Google docs and setting them up in WordPress and, you know, configuring all the settings and setting up email newsletters, setting up social media posts, and, and they have processes that they follow for that. Um, yeah, I haven't, I, I still, I, you know, I manage my in, email inbox myself. I'd manage my calendar or Calendly manage, <laughs> manages my calendar. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, that, that's just more comfortable for me. I'll, I'll book my own flights. I'll, I'll book my own Airbnbs. I don't need a VA to help with that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it, it just doesn't seem that efficient to me. Pe you know, people love to say, oh, you should delegate everything, but I don't know. That stuff is easy enough to manage myself. Gotcha. I think. So only when there's a clear process. Yeah. I, you know, I, I could probably use a, like a local assistant, like to like rake leaves at my house and stuff there like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do that myself too. So <laughs> nice. So question for you about VAs. How'd you find, um, the ones in the Philippines? Over the years, I've, I've done a few different things. I've tried Upwork, um, which I've had some, some successes with some hit, hit and miss the, the service that I've been using, which can be a little bit hit and miss, but I still go back to it is called, um, virtual .com. And it's like a one-time fee. And then they kind of do the legwork of finding three, uh, pre-vetted candidates and they just give you their contact info and, um, some info about them. And then, and then you can, like basically I'll, I'll interview those three candidates they give me and sometimes I'll hire one out of the three, sometimes two. And, uh, and, and, you know, it, it, again, it's been a little bit hit and miss, but, uh, the few that have joined the team have been on the team for like three years. So it's been working out pretty well. Oh, that's excellent. 
So that's cool. Yeah, I know a lot of things are, are hit, or, hit or miss um, when you're hiring a complete stranger. So unless yeah. you can go to the Philippines and meet them, right? So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I met them like a, like a year after they started working. Um, no, that's, that's cool. Micah, you got questions? Oh, I've got lots of questions. <laughs> but I say we lead in with our primary question here. Okay. So. I wasn't. I wasn't sure if it was. It was that time. Or... Well, I think this. Uh, I think this will lead off into other questions anyway. So uh, we should do that. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, I'll do it. So okay. the, the podcast is called WP Square One, uh, and I had said before uh, going back to Square One. So Brian, if you were to go back to Square One, what would you do differently? Well, which Square One are we talking about? Like, <laughs> let's say uh, back when you were a freelancer and you're frustrated with how things are going and you wanted to change things. Uh... Yeah. Um, well, I think that the the thing that that really sticks out is just I, like I stumbled into these things after a couple of years of of freelancing, which was like products and marketing and even even entrepreneurship, like the term entrepreneurship or being an entrepreneur. Um, I did not think of myself as an entrepreneur when I when I went to freelance. I when people asked me what I did, I said I'm a web designer, and I I kind of it's it's weird because it, it was in my blood. Like my my father is self employed, my grandfather's both owned businesses, but for whatever reason, I never really it wasn't one of those things that I um that I set always set out to be an entrepreneur. But um, you know, by after like two or three years of doing the freelance web design thing, I started to just stumble into entrepreneurship podcasts. Like, um, well, just first again, like watching the, the WordPress themes market, that was my first entry point into, Hey, you can sell digital products. But from there I got into, um, listening to like Mixergy interviews and then other business podcasts. Um, uh, so though it, I, I wish that I had, um, discovered that stuff a little bit sooner and and maybe been a little bit more intentional about, hey, I'm a business owner. I'm not just this person who works by the hour. Um, I mean, I stumbled into that eventually, but it would, would have been nice if I had made that shift in mindset a little bit sooner. Um, what was I going to say? The other thing uh, that comes to mind, the first, uh, so I've been self-employed since 2008, so 10 years, um, more than 10 years now. And I think the first three or four, at least years of that, I was alone. I was working in my bedroom alone and a few contacts here and there, you know, on Twitter and whatnot. But like, I did not get out to conferences and meet people. Once I started doing that, I'm not even a huge conference goer, but but um, over the last five or six years, I started to really get into a few key communities of other entrepreneurs and people who are self-employed, who I have a lot of things in common with. And we live in all different places, but we not only we stay in touch online through through Twitter and Skype and, and email and stuff, but we we do make a point to go meet up in person and and have fun together. So like I, I, like one of the conferences I go to is MicroConf every year in Vegas. Um, it's kind of for bootstrapped entrepreneurs. Um, but and and so that I have a lot of like my circle of friends go there, but the other thing that I'm very very passionate about now is this idea of tiny conferences. And so Brad Tunar, who's another WordPress person, um, he and I have been friends for a couple of years, and and we we put together 
what we call Big Snow Tiny Comp. It's a we get 12 business owners together in a house in Vermont when we go skiing and snowboarding and we talk about business for three days. Um, and since we started that about six years ago, uh, another one has, our other friend has started the same thing in Colorado and another friend started one in Europe. And so I go to these small, uh, meetups or tiny conferences, if you will. And, and these are my friends who are all running businesses. And I, and we talk on Slack in, in between throughout the year and just, having a group of of friends and advisors to go to and get to know and follow along with their business and they follow along with my business it's been just so so valuable um more more than people realize it's it's really really valuable to to have a group of, of people to to share ideas with i like that because as a freelancer I, I so i quit my job in 08 also um and yeah i'm in in my uh, office slash, uh, you know, bedroom, extra, extra bedroom. And I'm spending a lot of time by myself and no one to learn from. And I think that's where, for me, at least the WordPress community has, has come in, you know, I've been able to find businesses that are similar to mine and just bounce ideas, you know, uh, how do you do this? How do you do that type thing, which is very valuable. So I guess reaching out to those those people in your areas is as important is 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 important so <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean for me like really all my friends these days i mean i have a lot of close friends that i grew up with and, and everything from the like the new york tri-state area but the most of my close friends these days are other business owners and they don't live anywhere near where i live we they're my quote-unquote friends on the internet you know <laughs> and um but but in the in these past few years you know, we've, we've made a point to go travel out and, and have these meetups together. And it's, there is a different level of, of, um, of just value that you can get, you know, even if, if you know people on Twitter or know people in forums or on blogs and podcasts, like that's one thing, but it's a different, there's a different level when you're, when you're in a room and hanging out with people and, and over beers or over dinner, um, and you get more, uh, more, more candid, more open. You get, you get to really help each other out. It's, it's really good. Cool. Yeah. I think, uh, we should definitely start doing that, Aaron. We, <laughs> you know, I was going to say, this sounds like a great excuse to go snowboarding and skiing. Of course. Yeah. When I, it was, it was Brad's idea at first. He was like, we should just get together and, and snowboard and, and talk business and get a group. I was like, I'm in whatever, whatever <laughs> we do. I'm like, let's do it. This is happening. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm going to fill out that form on processkit.com. Um, but what are, what are the best ways to reach out to you uh, via Twitter or one of your many websites? Yeah, so on Twitter, I'm, I'm CastJam. Um, and, um, and then my, my main website is briancastle.com. I'll, I'll give you guys the link because it's, it's spelled a little bit weird. But um, yeah, so that's that's where you can you know see what I'm up to. I've got my my email newsletter there. Sounds good. Well, thank you for your time. Yeah, appreciate. Thanks it. for having me on, guys.